Three things I would like to establish before we even go into the message. Number one, uh, my goal and my prayer is that in the midst of sufferings that we are going through, we will see God. We cannot stand firm if we don't see God. Second, we cannot stand firm or it will be harder for us to stand firm if we don't stand together. And that is the second point. Third and the last one, I am hoping and praying that somehow we will be able to understand the basic things of God. And that's all we will all be starting with. Okay, yeah, three things. Uh, Philippians 1, 27 to 30. Um, thinking of changing the title of that. Because um, in other translation it says, whatever happens. But the one we read, it says only. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Um, so my task for this morning, um, sorry, I forgot the fourth goal that I had. I promise you we will finish this. For sure, we will finish this. Uh, dead or alive, I'll finish this. <laughs> I have to. Okay, so my task for this morning is to share what we have learned back in Florida uh, last month. Exactly one month right now. Uh, I remember the first session that we had. Uh, it's March 23rd, and now it's, we're, in, we're in April. So exactly one month. Um, before going there, I have my own expectations. Um, somehow I'm thinking that these guys, the speakers, will give us some practical advices on how to stand firm. So I'm waiting for that. But, you know, um, I was wrong. Um, the first speaker, or, or all of them, when they stood up and, and, and shared the word, um, no one mention about, okay, this is what you guys, what you should do if you face any problems. Uh, you know, they'll give you like that. No. But they, instead, they go deeper or they went deeper. In which I realized when I was preparing this, that's all we need. We need to go deeper with God for us to stand firm. You know, they, they, they talk about the Trinity. They talk about pursuing godly marriages, they talk about end times, they even talk about uh, the, the Bible, uh, the justification by faith. That's all they talk about. They go deeper than what I'm expecting. And one of them said, the name Ken Jones. Anyway, but, but before we go this, uh, to this, um, the message is uh, it's a combination of everything. Uh, I'm going to quote some of the words that they have said the verses, and um, the, the things I've learned from this. So Ken Jones said, the challenge of the churches is not always outside, but sometimes it is our identity and purpose. You know, um, we face a lot of challenges, and we're saying, oh, there's a lot of social issues, social injustices, but he's telling us, we don't need to look outside. We, we have to look inside. We need to know what is our identity. We need to know 
what is our purpose in life? We cannot face, or how can we face those things, those bigger problems, if we don't even know who we are or who God is? Cannot do that. It's going to be hard for us. We cannot stand firm without being built up. And how can we do that? We have to start from the basic. One of them said, before he started, the first speaker, he is saying, um, standing firm, we have, all of us, we have to go back to the basic. And what is the basic? Who God is. How well do we know our God? How well do we know our God? Um, if you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, three out of four uh, of them, um, Jesus poses a question. He asked them, and this is what he asked in Matthew 6, 16.30. He said, who do people say I am? Who do the crowd say I am? And they replied by saying, some say you are John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus go deeper than that by asking again a question. Who do you say I am? And Peter replied, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I think the Lord Jesus will ask all of us here same question. Who do you say I am? What we will be saying to him? Jesus, you are my Messiah. You are my God. You are my Lord. And that's basic. That's very important. You know the word I am? I believe we all learned that back in the book of Exodus. That is the name of God when he introduced himself to Moses. And Jesus uses the word I am multiple times. A lot of times. And we need to learn that. We need to know who he is. I am the bread of life. I am the door of the ship. I am the light of the world. I am the true vine. I am, I am the way, the truth, and the light. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the Alpha and the Omega. If we don't get that, if we don't know who God is, it's going to be hard for us to stand firm. You know, in John 15, I've shared this in, in Scott Mission. I think I see someone here working at Scott Mission. <laughs> Welcome. Um, John 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When he claims that, he's just simply saying in John 14, he said, I am preparing a place for you. And apart from me, you don't have a place. 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Apart from me, there's no other way. There's no other truth. And there's no other life apart from him. You know, in 15, he's saying the fruit of the Spirit. Whoever is connected to Christ, there is a fruit. Our lives will be changed. 
And, and the fruit that he's talking about here, it's in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Love, peace, joy, kindness. Apart from him, we cannot love others. We cannot. Trust me. Apart from him, there's no peace. Apart from him, there's no joy. Apart from him, we cannot be kind to other people. We cannot. We cannot do that. And that's what he's saying. We need to know the basic who God is and what is our identity. We are Christians. We call ourselves Christians. But before that, we need to know who we are. Um, I like to use, uh, every time I share the gospel, I use the word SBI. I think it's familiar with those people who came from the Philippines. Uh, if you're part of evangelism team, we, we, we use a lot of methods. And one of the methods that, that we are using is SBI, Simplified Breeds Illustration. I like it because um, it, it shows the human condition. This is who you are. You are sinful. You are separated. You are under the condemnation of God. And in the other side, it shows the character of God. No matter how far you are from God, God is coming to us. God can forgive us. So we need to see our identity in Christ. Who am I in Christ? In Christ, I am forgiven. In Christ, there's no, there, there's no condemnation. In Christ, I am justified. This is our condition after we receive Christ. Somebody said, the more we know our brokenness, the more we will know that we need God. The more you know that you are sinful, that you cannot save yourself, the more you will see that I need God. I need God. The more you see that you cannot change yourself, the more you will say, Lord, I need you. The more brokenness you know you are, the more you will see that you need God more. Start from the basic. We all need to do that. Who is your God? What is your identity? And what is the purpose of your life? Um, my, my third point, I really want to focus on that because uh, I used that when, when I was in the Philippines uh, about sufferings. Mm. Um, so we'll spend more time on that. Uh, okay. Why is this important? Why is it important for us to know who God is? Someone said, whatever you believe about God will determine how you live and what you do. Do you believe that? Okay. Whatever we are doing right now, where we spend our time, our treasure, our talents, it's just a reflection of how we know God. Did you guys get that? Where you spend your time, your talents, your treasure, it's only a reflection 
of who your God is. I have a a uh, when when we were in in Bulacan, I have we have these students that helping us to to pioneer a church. And many times I feel so embarrassed looking at him. Number one, because he is younger than me. Second, the way he commit himself to the ministry. He's so committed. That guy would walk from Valenzuela to Bulacan just to do the ministry. And sometimes I'm thinking, isn't it he understands more the gospel than me? And that's the reason why he is so committed. Whatever we believe about God will determine how we live and what we do. If we know God is faithful, why do we have to worry? He is faithful. If we know that God is a provider, we don't need to take advantage of other people. God is my provider. We know God is in control. Don't need to worry about what's going to happen the next day, the next week. Because we know that He is in control. It is very important. Whatever we believe about God will determine how we live and what we do. David Livingstone, he said, I will place no value at anything I have or possess unless it has something to do with the kingdom of God. Sa Tagalog po, sabi niya, hindi ko bibigyan ng halaga yung mga bagay na meron ako maliban na lamang na ito ay may kinalaman o kaugnayan sa kaharian ng Diyos. And that's the reason why he left his profession in Europe and went to Africa and work as a missionary. You must stand firm in the church. You cannot do it alone. Let's work together. Let's help one another. Again, we're not competing against each other. And let's stop comparing ourselves to others. You know, um, I was listening to uh, a sermon last week about the parable of the talents. And, and, and the guy saying, the master gave five, he gave two, he gave one. Why God just didn't give them all the same, right? Okay, I'll give you, uh, all of you can sing. All of you will be, you know, can, can preach. All of you could lead a Bible study. Why, why don't God just do that? He just gave like, oh, Five for you, two for you, one for you. Everybody has something. Everybody has a gift. And God has entrusted to us those, those things. He gave that to us according to our character, I would say, personality. Because he might know if we are have all the things, we might brag. We might say, oh, huh, I'm better than this guy. No, you're not. No, you're not. We're not better than any other 
other people. And you know what's that's what the gossip is. If you define the gossip, the reason why you're telling other people about other people, you're just simply saying I'm better than them. That's how it is. You are better than them. But you're not. We're all sinners. How can you be better than them? You're sinners saved by grace. What's the difference between you and us? We're all like that. So we're not competing against each other. We're not competing each other. Um, you know, in the book of Acts, when they are starting the church, chapter 2, you know what they did? They shared all what they have. They sold their possessions to help the church. And when we had our Bible study, we had our Bible study every second week in Scott Mission with the men's fellowship. Not, not all the men in Scott Mission are joining. I think it's around maybe uh, 7, 8, sometimes 10. Um, we're talking about this. And someone joked around saying, during the time of Peter and the apostles, one sermon, 3,000 got converted. Nowadays, 3,000 sermon, one converted. <laughs> what is the difference? What is the difference? You know, if you read Acts 2.42, saying they devoted themselves in prayer, in fellowship, in the Lord's Supper, and in the Lord's teaching. That's where they devoted themselves. That's why every time these guys do that, people got converted. Whatever talents that God gives us, we should have to use it. Stand firm in one spirit and in one mind. Strive together. Strive together. Strive side by side. It's good that he didn't say, okay, strike side by side. <laughs> strike, strike one another. No, no, it didn't say that. Uh, it says strive together, side by side. Um, again, we're not enemy against each other. Okay? We're family, one big family. I like uh, what Charles Wendell said about this. He's saying instead of us fighting one another, we should help for four practical reasons. Number one, saying, you are children of the same father. Whether you like it or not, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are. You receive Christ, I receive Christ. Those who receive him, he gave him the right to become a children of God. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. We are children of the same father. Parents, how many among you here would like to see your kids or your children fighting? Any volunteer? <laughs> we don't want them to see fighting, right? We did even stop them. I think that's one thing we don't want to happen, and it gets into worse. Don't want to see them fighting. We are children of the same father. Second, we have the same source, which is the Bible. 
we all have the same source for our faith and practice. Unless you are using another book. We're all using the same book. We're using the Bible. And the Bible is not encouraging us to judge one another. You won't read that. Go in the Bible. You will never see a pages or, or, or a word that's saying, okay, you guys devour one another. Okay, destroy one another. No, you won't. What the Bible is saying, pray for one another. Exhort one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. Forgive one another. We have the same source. And that is the Bible's teaching us. Third, we have the same goal in life. And that is to be like Christ. If you think if we are fighting that help us to get closer to our goal, if you think you will, you will destroy one of your brother here that will get you closer to God or get closer to your goal, go ahead. Keep doing it. Our goal is to be like Christ. If I'll do this, am I getting closer to my goal? If I'll do that, we have the same goal in life, to be like Christ. And here in Philippians, their goal is to advance the gospel, to preach the gospel, to further the gospel. And how can we do that? Fourth, we have the same struggles in life. We're still here on earth. We face struggles. We're not human if we are not facing that. We are. We are struggling in life. In every aspect. Financially, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. We all struggle. And who will help us? Who will help us? I like what the guy said, the speaker. Uh, he closed his message by this. Uh, I was about to say Tagalog. <laughs> uh, he said, in, in a series 13 hours, I don't know if you guys are watching that. I don't even know. I don't watch that. I just heard it from him. He said, in a series of, you know, like this 13 hours, there's always two questions that they ask each other. Two questions. Number one, are you hit? May tama ka ba? Bakit basta galang? Tama ka? O tinamaan ka ba? And he will say, if not, then help one another. Second question that he is saying, or he is asking, are you still in the fight? And I think we could ask the same question. We're all struggling. Let's ask our brothers, are you hit? Are you still in the faith? Or are you still fighting? Or are you giving up? Stand firm in one spirit. Strive together. Strive side by side. And here's the last one. Stand on His promises. How many, uh, how many minutes are we allowed? Because this, this one is long. Trust me. This one is long. It's two pages, but it'll take maybe another 45 an hour. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Uh, so how many minutes do we have? No, no, no timer. <laughs> no 
But I promise you, we'll finish this. Standing on His promises. You know, whatever happens, trust His word. He'll never fail us. He will never, never fail us. Um, in verse 29, it says, For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him. You know the word granted or the word grant? We always hear that in, I, I think, in the government, right? In school. There you go. You guys got it. I got that too, don't worry. Um, yeah, the grant. Um, you guys knew about that, right? So, um, it is free. You borrow money, sometimes the government will give you extra. Oh, this is the grant. You don't need to pay it back. The Lord's giving us this. He, he's giving us grant. And that is sufferings. God is calling us not just to stand on the social issues in here. God is calling us to stand firm, even in the sufferings that we are going through. Truth about sufferings. Number one, sufferings, it's not against us. It is for us. Like I said, if you don't see God in the midst of sufferings, you will see that as against you, but it's not. Second, it is common to everyone. You're not the only one who are going through the pain. Uh, all of us might be a different uh, degree or level, but all of us are going through this. Third, it is not beyond your ability. It is not beyond. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. God said it is not beyond our ability. When I'm helping a church in, in Bulacan, uh, in, in, in Bukawi, since it is a, or it was a pioneering church, so what we need to do is, you know, we have to go house to house. We do, we do that every Saturday. We do that every Saturday. So, <clears throat> I have this family that I'm doing a Bible study. When I came in, um, you know, I prepared everything, my lesson, the lesson, uh, the, the things that we're going to discuss. But I was caught off guard when she asked me, said, why do you think this thing happened to me? Why I got cancer at the age of 40? Why? I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, I was just, I pause and pray and ask God to give me wisdom. And I remember, this is what I told her. I asked her a question. I said, Ati Isai, what do you think will happen if that cancer will fall to your husband, to your kids, to your parents? Do you think they could handle it? She didn't say anything. She just cried. The things that we are going through, it's not beyond our ability. 
God knows we can handle it. He knows us very well. It is not too much. Derek Thomas said, when there is uncertainty and chaos around us, remember this, God has a plan that is certain and cannot be broken. Arsis Prod said, my confidence in the future rests in the God who controls history. God has been faithful in the past, and I believe He still do. He is still faithful up to this time. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion till the day of Jesus Christ. Our God is a faithful God. He will never fail us. You know, Satan will do everything to cripple us. And his strategies we could find in the book of Philippians is this. He will intimidate us. He will inflict fear to us. Fear of death and the fear of losing. All we need to do is focus. Again, trying to say, we need to see God in the midst of sufferings. Charles Stanley just passed away last, uh, I think last Tuesday. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, sermons uh, in YouTube and I came, I came across with this one. Uh, he said when he was started in the ministry or in the church, attended the church because he's so stubborn, he's like a problem in the church. So one of the leader called him and said, we need to talk. We need to talk. And when they were sitting down, the leader showed him a picture. Picture of Daniel and the lion. So she asked him, what do you see in the picture? He said, I've seen a lion. I've seen Daniel. Anything else? I see that Daniel is looking into the lion. Anything else? And the leader replied to him, Daniel is not looking into the lion. And that's the reason why he was able to sleep together with the lion. What he's trying to say is the focus. Again, if we don't see God in the midst of that suffering, we will see outside. We will see circumstances. And this is what I'm telling with my daughter. You need to see God. Job is a good example of this. He lost everything. Not in one year, not in one month, not even one week. In one day, he lost everything. He loses his health, he loses his wealth, he lost his family. And what can we do? Those things happen to us. Keep on living. His wife suggesting, after all this, just curse God and die. Which is, sometimes we say this, right? 
our prayer. Lord, it is better for me to die. How would you know? How would you know that's the best thing? Uh, but it's true. You know, if we are so much problem in life, we're saying, Lord, it's better for me to die. No, it's not. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And I want you to see God. In Job chapter 42, you will see. Job saying, before I could, I could only hear you, now I could see you. I could experience you. I hope we could see that. Lord, even though I'm going through this, I want to experience you. I want to see you. Apostle Paul see that when he was in prison. You know, he never, I think I've shared this in Collingwood, shared this with, with the group. When Paul was in prison, he didn't ask for a quick release. He never said, Lord, I'm doing the ministry. Please let me out so I could continue. He never asked that. Never. He said, please pray for me for more opportunity for me to share the gospel. We have our problems. We always want, Lord, please, I want this out. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to lose my wealth. I don't want to lose my bikes, right? <laughs> I don't want to lose my track. Uh, I don't want to lose all those. Skip on living. Stand on His promises. God is faithful with His promise. Trust me. He will never never fail us. He will never, never leave us. Just keep on living. Second, keep on trusting. And here we're going to close. Keep on trusting. Um, why? Because the things that were going on our way, we might not like it. Nobody wants to lose his family. Nobody wants to lose his wealth. Nobody wants to lose his car. Nobody wants to get sick. Right? But we need to trust Him. We need to trust Him. How can we trust Him? Number one, we need to pray. If we are saying, it's so easy to say, okay, I trust you, God. If we are not praying, we're not trusting God. We still do our own will. We run our own lives. The reason why we are praying is because we cannot change things. We cannot solve our problems. That's why we're praying. Second, wait on God. You know, if you look at the book of Job, for 37 chapters, God didn't say anything. Nothing at all. Sometimes I'm thinking, if, just, you know, if, if the Lord will just inform him, okay, Job, I'll take everything out of you. But after this, you'll be okay. I will even double that. I hope God will tell that to us. Okay, um, you'll get cancer. Uh, you know, for a year. And then you'll be okay. You will live up to a thousand years. Wow. I hope God will say that. But there's no trust in that. If we know what will happen, there's no trust in that. We have to wait on God. We have to wait on Him. Third is obedience. We need to obey Him. No matter what, we need to obey God don't know what's going to happen in the future. 
It only shows that we are trusting God if we obey Him. In closing, there you go. In closing, um, when I was freshman in the seminary in, in the Philippines, we have this subject called spits. I don't know if I learned anything. <laughs> spits, you know, where you practice the way you pronounce things. Even spelling, they, they teach us or they taught us how to, to do the spelling. My freshman year. So, um, before the semester ends, um, they will give you a chance to stand at the front and see if you really learn. So, one by one, you guys will do that. One. So, it's my turn. Um, it's either you could read the verse, you could recite a poem, or you could sing. And that's what I did. I'm not a good singer, but I don't know. My point is, um, I remember the song I, I, I sang, um, entitled, um, I forgot. Uh, um, no, it goes like this. Um, it's the message. Uh, it says, it's not, it's not in trying, but in trusting. It's not in running, but in resting. It's not in wondering, but in praying that we find the strength of the Lord. Uh, that's a title, the strength of the Lord. So forever you who became a born again in 90s or 80s, I believe you know that. Uh, especially in the Philippines, the strength of the Lord. So that's what I said, the strength of the Lord. It's not in trying. Don't try God. Just trust Him. It's not in running. Rest in God. It's not even in wondering, but in praying. We could find the strength of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. God bless us all. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And give you peace.